All right, good evening. Welcome to Lost in a Long Box for Wednesday, October 30th. Uh, Madman, my mic doesn't seem to be coming through very loud. I hear you fine. Okay. Yeah, I hear it, you fine. Is it maybe my headset, yeah, though? Maybe uh, headset uh, volume. That's it. It was just a little too low there. Um, all right, again, welcome to Lost in a Long Box for Wednesday, October 30th, day before Halloween. Or as I said on the short-list sitcom, The Neighbors, Halloween-ween. Um, all right, how was everybody's weekend? Oh, pretty good. How about yours? Absolutely great. Um, here in Virginia, we have a place down in um, Williamsburg called Bush Gardens for you guys out there uh, elsewhere across the country. And um, it's an amusement park, you know, with amusement rides, what have, what have you. But we went there for their Howl of Scream event Sunday. Uh, it's really awesome. They have like 700 houses out there now. Oh, wow. Um, the last time we went, it was the whole Halloween thing was kind of new for the amusement the amusement parks and they had like one hollow, you know, um, haunted house attraction. And, mm-hmm. and it was basically just a darkened hallway that they guided you down with people popping out of different holes and what have you. But now I guess all the amusement parks are stepping up them, their games on these things because mm-hmm. there's all types of fluorescent painting and strobe lights and like creepy music and fog machines. And there was more than a couple of times that we were in a haunted house and we came in through the room and got scared and stopped and like, where am I going? And, and the monsters like had to actually point out the path to me. <laughs> Cause, uh, they they do a really good job with the overloading of senses and all of their. Uh, so you're so scared you couldn't move until they told you where to go. Yeah, that was it basically. It's I stopped and like I don't know where the room goes now. <laughs> and they were what, how did they scare you? Was it like you know did, did they, they you, te- did they tell you like Tom King is dead or something like that and cause you to weep and we are not even five minutes in. Right. You guys go up in a fetal <laughs> position. Unbelievable. Yeah. I'm about to say, you know what it is, right? He's all bitter ever since I showed him that I had the comic first, and and now he's just gonna. Yeah. Take a swing at me whenever he can. Yeah, whenever I can. <laughs> of course, that was before you even got the comic. I took a swing that, at you. That's true. Can, I keep so I don't... getting him caught on the chair here. So, so anyway, um, I'm your host, Randall. Uh, the man busting my chops over here is... As always, Tommy. Thomas and Madman on the boards. Enos is stuck in traffic or maybe falling off the face of the earth. He's in route. All right. He's in route. He's in route. Yeah, we got a message from him. Um, but anyway, yeah, so it was really good. They even uh, advised on the website that uh, small children shouldn't be there after five. Oh, wow. All right. So I, I like a park that actually tells you, yes, we will have monsters in the park. Yes, we have haunted houses. Don't bring your kids here. <laughs> Good stuff. So um, got that going on and then got some stuff going on this weekend, too. So I've got a very full schedule for the next couple of weeks. Let's get to some news man. items. Got any news items that you want to share? I got um, a few here, but I'm going to let you go first. So there's got to be a new streaming service coming out, HBO Max. Um, which has announced from DC a Strange Adventures and Green Lantern series. Both uh, will be appearing on there. Oh, okay, cool. Um, I don't know. You know, there's not a lot of information about it. Strange Adventures is going to be an anthology series with uh, different properties each week. Uh, it's because it's going to explore characters across the sprawling DC comics world, whatever that means. I guess it's going to be like, you know, focuses on a different hero or villain or something each hmm. week. Um, very little out there on what, what Green Lantern is going to be. Um, as as excited as I am for it, because you know I would love to see a Green Lantern TV series, I will probably skip these unless they come out on Blu-ray, just because so you know subscribing to another streaming service is just going to be a little too much. I bet you it's either going to be John Stewart or oh, I would really love. It's got to be St- Stewart or, or Jordan, one of the two. It's, it's not going to be. Any although I would really like to see them go with the Jessica Cruz Green Lantern. Yeah. Um, or if it's not one of them, they're going to focus on the actual Green Lantern core. Yeah. If, if it's going to be focused on one Green Lantern, if it's not Hal, I want it to be John. Right. Um, you know, 
I'd be okay with Kyle. Whatever you do, do not use Guy. Just, just don't. Just don't. It, it's um, because of the whole cocky attitude that Guy. I, I just, had. I've never liked Guy Gardner. I've never Me been either. a fan. Um, I don't really know enough about Jessica Cruz or Simon Baz to, you know, really say right. anything one way or the other because they came during a time I wasn't reading and I'm not reading Green Lantern right now because it's written by Grant Morrison and I'm not a fan. Well, so Jessica Cruz was kind of interesting because her ring was actually the power ring from Power Ring, the the Earth 3 villain. Oh, okay. Um, so it's not actually a regular Green Lantern ring. Um, so that's interesting, yeah. But uh, And then she also had, um, I, I don't... She had anxiety. She couldn't go out in public. So. Yeah, I saw. I saw that with some of so the stuff an, that I was reading. It was an she... interesting character that you know was being locked up in her in her bedroom, and now suddenly she's got. She's forced to go out into the world. Yeah, but yeah, I you know w- with me having already having Hulu and Netflix and Amazon Prime and you know another an already existing HBO show, and you know going to have to pick up Disney Plus next month. I will probably not pick up HBO Max. I have to see about this when it comes out on if it comes out on Blu-ray. Well, here's some good news for you. Um, Sony has announced PlayStation View streaming service is shutting down next year. Oh, so you can if you you can go ahead and dump that and pick up one replace and see how oh, that works. Well, I don't have that. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh well, then I guess it doesn't matter. All right, what else you got? Got anything else? Uh, no, that's really all I I had was just the uh, the the new the new series that's going to be coming out on HBO. Oh, all right, cool. Um, Marvel has announced that Spider-Man Noir is coming back in a five issue limited series, March of next year. By Margaret Stoll and Juan Ferreira, I guess is how you pronounce that. Interesting because that character just, I think, recently died um, at the end of um, Spider-Verse miniseries. Okay. But he's going to come back to life. Well, actually, I think he's coming back to life in the Spider-Verse when it's running now. And he previously died in maybe the Absolute Carnage series. I can't remember. I forget. Yeah, I don't know. I've been keeping but up with Absolute Carnage. That so. character has always been popular ever since the day they first... Um, showed him in that four-issue miniseries, and then they did the whole Spider-Verse thing with all the other different Spider-Man. I liked him in the uh, cartoon, Into the Spider-Verse. I have yet to watch that thing. Yeah, we saw that one on vacation when we were on our cruise. We watched that that there. It was pretty good. I liked it. Uh, I need to get around to watching that. Um, so this one's actually kind of cool. So you know, uh, Sean Murphy last year did the Batman White Knight, which mm-hmm. was really good, and now he's doing the Batman Curse of the White Knight, which is also really awesome, which, by the way... That's if you're not reading that, you need to pick that up. That's okay. actually another good series. Um, but they just recently announced that they're going to be doing a five issue um, Von Freeze series, spinning in that out of the same Batman White Knight, but dealing with the Victor Von Freeze of, of that era or that world. So that ought to be pretty good. But the reason I was saying is um, you should pick up Curse of the White Knight. Um, he just off the major character. Hmm. So, like, actually. Last issue. I think the new one just came out a couple weeks ago. So, uh, too bad Enos is not here because I would love to give him his props for the told you so. Because CW has announced we're getting a Superman and Lois series in 20, 2021 season. With, of course, Tyler Hoechlin and Elizabeth Tulock from the Supergirl series reprising the roles of Superman and Lois Lane. The newest adventure. Which Superman. I'm actually surprised they're doing that. Because for the longest time... They weren't really using, Warner Brothers wouldn't actually let TV use Superman or Batman for television properties. It was okay for him to guest star, but now they're actually going to give them a regular series. So that's Yeah, it could be good. I'll check it out, definitely. I, I, I'll check out pretty much any of the CW shows, you know, right. at least give them a chance. Well, because they've got Batgirl, Black Lightning, Supergirl, Flash, Legends, and then they're going to be having... Green Arrow and the Canaries. 
Green Arrow and the Canary. Oh, that's right. They're going to bring back the Green Arrow series. Yeah. And then now Superman. They're pretty much just turning over their entire network to DC, aren't they? Yeah, let's just <laughs> let's change their name instead of CWDC. Just start calling it DC TV. DC TV. Hey, I, I I can't complain about that. You know, right? Rerun the old DC movies. You know, just do that. That that that's fine. Although I don't think Supergirl is going to make it past this season. Well, I'm thinking, you know, they must two things. You know, if they're bringing in Green Arrow and the Canaries and Superman. Then they must be thinking that Batwoman might not make it, and like you said, at least one of their other properties, like you said, possibly Supergirl, isn't going to keep going. I think they're also preparing for at the end of Crisis to have one concise universe, universe and, worth, yeah. and tie all the shows together. In fact, that's a great way to eliminate some of the shows if you can combine them into one. Yeah, and then it becomes much more of a, an anthology format. Yeah, I yeah I've I've been I've. I thought that Batwoman's been pretty decent so far, so we'll see whether whether that keeps going. But like I said, with them looking at bringing in two new shows, they must be thinking at least one one uh, is on I the think, chopping. I don't block. think Black Lightning's faring well. You don't think so? No. I don't know. I haven't watched it, so I don't know. Um, so since you mentioned Tom King earlier, your boy, um, this, he also stated the new Batwoman Catwoman series that he was doing because you know he's leaving Batman and mm. they're going to let him continue that. Um, storyline in a separate series so that has been pushed back with actually no confirmed data as to when it's going to be coming back oh. um the reason is so that they can give clay man more time to do the art um i guess they want to avoid having fill-in artists yeah and Which so makes sense. right it, it does but i thought it was interesting because it was supposed to come out in january and they're pushing it back with no confirmed data as to when it comes back. So they got awfully close to the wire there to to push it back. Because I think in comic printing timeline, for a January release, now would be the time you should be sending your stuff to the printers to and your color separators and all that. To, yeah, I mean, I can't speak for you, but I'd rather them push it back and make get it right than. Oh, I don't mind pushing it yeah. back. I'm just saying yeah. it's. I like I, I like and you know so the and. To make sure there's no delays, I wouldn't want things to happen like Doomsday Clock, where you know two years later it's still going on. Right. Well, and that's because they they even like I think issue three or four even announced that by the way we're going to have to go bi monthly to keep up with the, the schedule because it's taking us too long to do this. Yeah, I want to read Doomsday Clock, but I'm I'm waiting for trade paperbacks on that. Well, it shouldn't be long because issue twelve, I think issue twelve may actually hit the stands by the end of the year. Hallelujah. Wow. wow. Um. Here's another one, too. So, you know, I guess last week or maybe two weeks ago, um, we found out that Scott Snyder's leaving Justice League with issue 39. Mm -hmm. uh, well, now it's been announced that Jorge Jimenez is also leaving with issue 39. Mm. Um, so, so we're getting a whole new creative team. Yep, absolutely. Well, didn't say anything about the inker or the colors, all that. But apparently both of them are still going to be working on another project together, but they are both leaving Justice League with issue 39. So I'm thinking what's happening is the whole um, Rise of the Villains Doom thing is going to be wrapped by the time they leave. Yeah. So I'm thinking this sets up just in time for the next crisis to hit. Because remember, in the Tales of the Dark Multiverse Nightfall, the um, Tempest Huguenot shows up and hints that there is a crisis coming. Absolute final crisis for the last time. Right. We mean it this time. Absolutely. Dun, dun, dun. Hey, Enos, welcome to the show. Thank you, gentlemen. Good evening. Is that good your evening. show and tell for this week? Yes, go ahead and hand me that. And what do we have here? Oh, good. One I can actually recognize. That's... <laughs> 
the last couple you brought in, I'm thinking I'm, I'm I don't get the significance of this book, but <laughs> um also so you know Wonder Woman 1984 is dropping um January 5th uh, 2020. Oh okay, and it's been confirmed. Wow, this moved it up dead early. Yes, yeah, because last I heard it was like going to be like June, June 2020. June 5th. Yeah, June 5th 2020. Well, you, well, said you said January. January. Did I say on oh, my yeah. bad? <laughs> yeah. Randy's bad. June 5th. Everybody out there who went, oh boy, you can now uh, go, oh damn. <laughs> but they're confirming that Pedro Pascal is going to be Maxwell Lord. Oh. Okay, um, who is that? Maxwell, Maxwell Lord. Lord or Pedro no, 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 Pedro Pascal. Pascal. I don't know who the actor is. I don't know who he is. I don't know who, the actor don't know who he is either, but he's Maxwell Lord. Maxwell Lord. I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm more impressed with the fact that he's Maxwell Lord. Right. Because we all know the great storyline with Wonder Woman Maxwell Lord where she snaps his neck. <laughs> <Yep>. So <laughs> are we going to get Ted Cord? Ah. Could be getting Ted Cord. We could also be seeing the mind control powers that Maxwell Lord had. Mm-hmm. So all kinds of potential there. Yeah. So here's one. Um, those of you out there who may have Web of Spider-Man number 70, dig it out of your back issue bin and flip it because that was the first time we got to see Peter Parker as the Incredible Hulk. Well, in January, there's going to be a special one-shot, uh, The Immortal Hulk Great Power by Tom Taylor and Jorge Molina, which will follow Spider-Man getting the Incredible Hulk, incre- Immortal Hulk powers again. So. Oh. Gimmick alert. <laughs> exactly. So since that is not the first time we see the Hulk, and you know Peter Parker with Hulk powers, Web Spider-Man 70s probably going to go shooting up. My goal is to tell somebody on the show to to you know to grab his back issue and flip it and actually see it work and has you know I want to have our version of, of Dark Hawk number one. Yes. You know. Yep. All what? hail Dark Hawk. <laughs> a, a worthless book that actually starts going up the charts for no reason. So, you know, Legion of Superheroes number one's coming out next week. Yeah. And we announced that um, there was a new story that they were also going to re release the Legion Flight Ring. Right. Um, I would right. love to have that. Well, here's I'm not going to pay a lot for it, well, but I'd love to have here's it. your chance. You're not going to pay a lot for this muffler. So, here's your chance because apparently DC announced they are shipping them early, matter of fact, today. Ah. So it was, and I guess it's a week early from the book, which I would assume is coming out next week because they were supposed to come out the same week. So it looks like they shipped early. I can tell you our store here locally didn't have it, but when you go to Flashback, he might. So should be looking for that. Uh, what you got there? Is that for everybody or is that just a... That's for a Sarge. Oh, that's, that's for the Joker. Oh, yeah. I gotcha, gotcha. Um, and so remember... <laughs> We were talking about how good um, Deceased is over from DC. Right. Mm-hmm. Last issue came out today, issue six. And then remember, I guess maybe four months ago, three months ago, Marvel realized that, well, damn, you know, Deceased thing is doing good. So they had to rush out Contagion, right? Right. Guess what Contagion's going into? Come on, take a wild guess. Take a wild guess. Let me guess. I know you got this. Marvel Zombies Resurrection. There you go. Number one came out today. <laughs> how many covers? 38? I don't know. I haven't 40? looked. 26, I say. Uh, by the way, Mad Men, we've lost video feed on the monitors. Okay, you know, but as long as we're streaming, right? Okay, coolness. Which, by the way, guys, if you are listening to this show, thank you very much. But we do stream on YouTube every week as well. Um, so you want to start watching those if you can because we do show off um, some of the comics from our collection, our show and tell section, as we like to call it. Um, and you missed it, um, Enos, but I did announce that um, – had you been here, you could have been in the I told you so category because right. the news this week was about CW and the Superman right. and Lois Lane show, which you called that two weeks ago before there was actually an announcement. Yep. Um, and I, I just had a feeling I'm like, oh, that, it's not gonna happen, that with, uh, with the crisis 
very much saturated with Superman, we were going to see something. And that's what I told Tommy. I would like to that because they've got a whole lot of shows at um, at CW now. We were joking they should just rename it DC TV. Exactly. But with the crisis, I could see them getting a, a one concise universe and maybe some of those shows going by the wayside and combining some of the characters into right. one. Right. So, hey, do you remember? God. Maybe three or four years ago, when DC moved from New York to California, right, mm-hmm. and they did that two-month sabbatical thing where they didn't print any new comics and they put out that Convergence storyline, right, mm-hmm. with all the the, the right. you know Convergence one and two and the Convergence mini series, they just recently announced that next August September of next year they're doing another one of these two-month feeling things, where there's no new issues but there's some type of special event that's going to take place over the next two months. Mm-hmm. They haven't actually said what it is, but the irony here is, so far, the reasoning behind it is to catch up on their publishing timelines. That they're not behind schedule now, but a lot of their books are probably going to be behind schedule by the time this happens. Right. But I'm also thinking it might be a lead-in for a major event. I would think so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Something big is coming. So, because you don't... If you're going to do a two-month uh, gap like that, it has to... Um, I gotta be honest though it has to have a a reason behind it because Convergence was just garbage one thing one good thing came out of Convergence and that was since it took place after the new 52 we got to see what happened to the original Superman and Lois Lane who are now back in the Rebirth universe even though all the other characters are are hard to explain they're they're new 52 versions except for Superman he's our original um, universe guy right so if dc's not going to be printing anything for two months i might go like two months where i buy like three comics because most, most of my pull list is dc didn't say they weren't pulling anything they weren't publishing anything they're doing a two-month fill-in so they're technically still publishing okay just not the ongoing titles that's what convergence was convergence was two months of a fill-in event while all the other books went on break during their move ah. so the whole reason they did that with uh, Convergence was that way uh, because I guess all their their uh, in-staff people, like their lettering and their colors and all that, didn't have to try and work and move at the same time. Right. Yeah. So, Because I know that some of that staff went with them. Because, you know, the artists and the writers are, writers are obviously freelance. They do it from home. But you do have some on-staff people who are in the office that do it. And so, you guys got any news items? That's the only thing I have. Tommy didn't have anything. Enos, what do you have? I, have I did too. <laughs> he I had was talking one. about the Green Lantern and uh, Strange Adventures TV series. Oh yeah, I thought about you when you when 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 uh, that came up because I was like, that would be cool to have something with Adam Strange. I know you a bit, you and I are both big Adam Strange. I, I knew my ears were burning for a reason. <laughs> but no, nah, man, I was and like they keep saying a Green Lantern inspired series, so. I'm dying to see where that's going to go, but I'm really looking forward to that. My two news bits uh, this evening. Number one, uh, did you guys see that uh, Batman is under attack again? No. no. By, by another creator? I, Tony Isabella. Oh, right. Yes, I, I did. Lightning. I did read this. He says he's been disappointed with the direction of the books lately. Yeah, and, and it's like, and he called, he referred to Batman as toxic. Please explain to me, how do you refer to a character as being toxic when his books are in the top 10 of bestsellers every month? Right. When you look at uh, Diamond, when you look at Diamond's uh, um, top 50, 150 to 100 comics, 
I'm sorry, but I um, maybe I'm a novice when it comes to this. But uh, if you're bringing in some money, you're far from toxic right. because people are feeling you. I don't know if he's crying sour grapes because um, people didn't jump. Well, I did read that one of the reasons why he's doing on this is because he didn't like the way Black Lightning was being portrayed. I, and I was going to say in, that, uh, Batman and the Outsiders. Now I haven't. Now, in all fairness, I didn't read that book, and I had to go back and take a look at that because I only got a few issues. But I can tell you that Black Lightning, if anything, is starting to get his due because the television series is a success, and if you have the DC Universe app, um, Black Lightning was a very prominent character in the um, Young Justice. Animated right. series in which Batman is a big part of, and he had a major, major role in that. So, I'm just interested to see where this is going, going, going to go. But like you know, I guess um, it sucks to be number one. I guess right. I don't know. I mean, and, and I and trust me, I get as a lifelong Batman fan, I can understand where the hate is coming from because there have been a lot of fans who have went. I think the one of the worst things that ever that they ever did was when Frank Miller had Batman beat Superman in the in that, Dark Knight. In that Returns. little weird armor of his. Yeah. Yeah. And ever since then, Batman fans have ran with it thinking he can beat everybody. Come on, guys. No, he can't. Well, and here's the my problem with that scene is we all know that Batman could have just peeled that off of him like an orange. It's like, right. You mean Superman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. Superman could have peeled that armor uh, exactly. off. Of him. Exactly. Well, as much as I love Batman, I'd take in a one-on-one fight, I, 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 would, I, would ta- I would take Deathstroke over him any day. Well, 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 Deathstroke has already kicked his butt. So, I mean. Yeah. So, so, so just, you know, even taking Superman out of the equation, I would take Deathstroke over Batman any day. Right? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I actually Although did, it would be an awesome yeah, fight. I, I did read that. And, and I do remember um, reading an article that he didn't like the way Black Lightning was portrayed recently Batman. I was thinking, you mean as a badass? Well, see, if you look at the earlier Black Lightning books, Dave, he really wasn't. Compared to Luke Cage, the Falcon, and the Falcon with Marvel, he didn't have that edge to him that those guys did. Right. And now that they've given him, it took them 30 years, during their 40 years, but they um, finally gave him that edge. And and um, I'm friends with the co-creator on Facebook, Trevor Von Eden. I'm going to drop him a line and see what he thinks about all of this. Absolutely. Get him to come on uh, on the show yeah, and say, hey. Get him on the show and, get, and, and talk with him. My other bit of news, last night we got I got word earlier this morning that we lost John Witherspoon. Oh, right. I saw that. When um, if for Most of you know him from either Friday yeah. or the Wayans Brothers TV series. Let me, let me tell you something. This gentleman has a very impressive resume. He was introduced to us in 1977 as part of the Richard Pryor show on NBC, which laid the groundwork for was what to be what was to become in Living Color. Now I want to give you a rundown of the list of comedians that was on this show. Tim Reed, who went on to play Dr. Um, Venus Flytrap on WKRP in Cincinnati. Sandra Bernhardt, Marsha Warfield. Paul Mooney, and the late, great 
Robin Williams uh-huh. was a part of this. And I mean, I'm just only scraping the tip of the iceberg on this. A couple of about a year or two later, we saw him on an episode of What's Happening playing the DJ in the disco when Rerun had, dis- had entered a contest. And the thing that I liked about John Witherspoon was like, you ever heard the old adage, once you met him, you don't forget him? Right. That was him. He always said I was never a big. Uh, I'm not a big deal. Yes, he was because if you look at his look at everything he's been in, no matter how lame the movie is, you'll always remember his part. But um, but mostly other than the Friday franchise, he was the voice of Grandpa in the Boondocks animated uh, series Boondock Saints, okay. on um, <laughs> Adult Swim, and his son JD. If you close your eyes and listen to him, you can't tell him apart. So maybe. Posthumously, he will get the opportunity since they're going to revive the show to take over for his father, which would be only fitting. But you know, he had several catchphrases: "Bang, bang, bang," um, and don't nobody go in the bathroom for thirty-five, forty-five minutes. Yeah, do number one or number two? Do either number right. one, number two, or or, or <laughs> and just 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 to name a few. And he was truly a, a great talent, and he is definitely going to be missed. Going to be missed. I, I, I use his bathroom catchphrase you know, All quite, the time. quite a bit right. at, at home. Don't, yeah. don't go in there for yes, 45 minutes. He was minutes. in so, so many things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I've adopted his bathroom catchphrase. Yeah, and, and That's and why I, I didn't pull it, pull it up in the news, because I knew you were going to get it. And um, and because I was watching something when he came over, he did it was like he was in a doo wop group saying when my love goes bang bang bang. I mean, it's it's like you couldn't help but laugh at him. He was he was he was the best at what he did, and you know, seventy seven man, you know that's kind of him. But 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 you know what a resume and a legacy he's gonna leave behind. Absolutely. In regard to this, thank you, Enos. Thanks. Thank you. Sir. New releases. Out today, um, and how fitting since we are going to be talking about um, horror and comics, Basketful of Heads number one came out in from Hill House Comics in D.C., which I'll be touching further on that. Um, Joker Killer Smile number one, um, another one of those oversized uh, black label comics from D.C. Still going to be kind of really hard to beat both Harleen and, and Joker Harley Criminal Sanity. But hopefully it'll be a good story. And if you never read the Death of Superman issue, Superman 75, the Dollar Comics reprint came out today. Oh. Um, Which is, I think, less than what it cost originally, because I think it was a buck fifty originally. Yeah, it was. yeah, buck fifty, dollar twenty-five. Yeah. So, now get it. It. so now you can get it, you know, for a dollar. Art by Dan Jurgens and Brett Breeding, who I had the pleasure of meeting. Great guy. Continuing Marvel's uh, relaunch of all the X-Men books, um, Excalibur One came out today. Um, the previously mentioned Marvel Zombies Resurrection number one, and coming in off the success of success of the Absolute Carnage, Red Goblin Red Death number one, ah. which I think is the Norman Osborn um, Red Death character, right? Red Gollum. That's what. Oh, that's right. You guys aren't reading Spider Man. It's, yes, it's Norman Osborn. Oh, it's Norman. <laughs> yes. Norman. So before we get to show and tell, we have a special guest going to be paying our bills for us tonight. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. J here. Tonight's episode of Lost in the Long Box is brought to you by Flashback Comics. Having on Wood, located in Woodbridge, Virginia, on 3112 PS Business Drive, just off Smoketown Road, where you will find new comics back issues, trade paperbacks, toys, and statues. And their hours are Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. and Sundays from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. 
go by and, and get yourself a handful of good comics and a whole bunch of good stuff. And tell Troy that Lost in the Long Box sent you. <laughs> you know what? I think we're just going to have we're going to have to soundbite that. I think we need to get you into some voice acting. <laughs> start using that. All right. So let's jump into the show and tell. Um, I actually love that Enos brought this. Um, this is the Justice League Zero issue from the New 52, and the importance of it is it reintroduces Shazam into the DC Universe. The big red cheese. Because he had been missing for quite a while, um, and this is the one where they basically revamp him, and I think this is the first time we actually see him as Shazam. They've lost the Captain Marvel uh, rights, or just gave it up, right? Yeah, well, they, was... they could still call him Captain Marvel. You just they just never... choose not to, right. because they can't... They can't Title his book, Captain. Right. Marvel, well, I think this is the storyline where they decide. Right. Where they decide to just call yeah, him this, this is where they decide to call him Shazam. And if I'm not mistaken, this is where we first get the concept of the Shazam family, the yes. kids in the mm-hmm. uh, in the movie that was showed up. I really need to watch that again. Um, so yeah, and and actually, for those of you who don't know, this story was a backup feature in Justice League for about what five, six, seven five, issues. Six, six, six. Yeah. And yeah, they least. collected those Shazams into a trade paperback. Yeah. So you can Very actually get stuff. this story without actually having to go back and get those back and issues of uh, Justice League. I had it in the closet. I had bagged and bought it. It was just laying flat, and you can see I have hardly ever read it. So. Yeah. And since we are discussing the horror theme this week, I brought a couple of uh, my newer ones also. I really like these. So the first one I have here is Afterlife with Archie number one, the variant cover of Betty being tormented by Archie zombies in her nightgown, her, her lingerie, and not to be outdone, Afterlife with Archie number five with Veronica. Oh, God, that's sexy. In her. <laughs> now, there's also, there's actually another one of both of them together on the couch um, in their lingerie. Yeah. This camera and I just, we don't work. But you know why they did these covers? Does anyone? Can they bring in male so, readers? So dudes would buy them? Nope and nope. Because think about when Archie was primarily set. Even though it's modern day, it still has that whole 50s, 50s 60s. Okay. The horror movies of the day back in the 50s and 60s always featured the damsel in distress in their underwear. And scantily clad. And And that's exactly what they're going for here. Um, But yes, it is to bring in male readers. It's but well, it's still it, a good so, story. Someone described someone described them at, at one point. The, uh, at one point, those women as the boobs with legs. Mm. Right. But yeah, I kind of thought that was funny. I I know you can get um, volume one of the trade paperback for Afterlife Pathology. I don't know if two is out yet, but it's actually a really great story. Um, That's one I want to check out. I'll, I'll bring it for you next week. I, I do have book one. Okay. I actually need to go to Archie's website and see about getting book two. Um, and now let's get to the Hera Hitties. Heavy, heavy hitters. I think what you may have previously said was English, but I'm not sure. <laughs> that is almost a Freudian <laughs> All right. Um, Aw, Randy. So, by the way, guys, if you're not watching the YouTube stream, shut up, Enos. Uh, We are showing these comics on the show. (laughs) Tommy, someone's going to have to take over now. Tommy brought in Tales of Suspense number 57. It is one of the early Iron Man's before he actually had his series, but it's also the first appearance of Hawkeye. 
or useless arrow man. Yeah, he's a little beat. This <laughs> this is a little beat up. It's, it is a tad rough. It's a tad yes. rough, but it's still the first appearance uh, of Hawkeye. It's one I need to get uh, encapsulated to you know make sure it doesn't get any worse. Oh yeah. Right. For those of you out there who aren't familiar with that, he means CGC or CBCS. Yeah. Or PGX. If PGX is even still around. Well, no, no, Randy. I mean CGC or CBCS. Never <laughs> PGX. Never PGX. Well, are you going to resell it? Uh, probably not. Because if you don't care about reselling it, it doesn't matter if it's PG. Oh, I, sh- I should remind you that uh, James has been watching since early in the show. So uh, hi, James. Hi, James. What's up, James? I think we should uh, ask him like who who wins this week. What do you think? Yeah. Well, what, hang on. We, we got, got one, one we, more. We got and one then James more. We'll decide who the winner is. And besides, James um, is also a friend of mine who will, will physically see me tomorrow. And if he doesn't say I won, he knows what happens to him. But Madman brought in. And this is actually a pivotal book, too. Justice League number 90. Now, you may ask, Randy, what is so pivotal about this book? This is actually a story arc they did where Justice League was becoming um, environmentally conscious and was trying to point out what was being done to the environment, which you can clearly see here on the cover. But I believe that's a, a four or five story arc issue, uh, issue story arc, mm-hmm. where they, they talk about uh, pollution and damaging the earth and... And the reason I know this is because I was reading some things about Silver Age Justice League, and this run came up. Mm. So when Madman brought it out, I was like, ha, ah, I yeah. know all about this. Activist comic books. Activist comic books, that's right. Um, but this is actually not a bad-looking Justice League. Donnie, it's, uh, it's in really good condition for— Madman with the Justice League. Right. We were before we went on the air. We were talking about how Madman's always going to pull out the Justice League book for show and tell, and I was joking. I says, "What are you going to do with they run out, huh?" I'll have to dig out another long box. See so, what I can find. All right, James, you can actually go ahead and vote there on on YouTube and tell us who won for the week. While I I hold up what you should be remembering. Um, the, the <laughs> yeah, just let us know about that. Uh, Tales of suspense, suspense, first appearance of uh, Hawkeye. All right, go ahead and send out on who, down who there. Who wins, James? Who wins, James? Hey, look, I got some. I got some little extra to add. Something that everybody will be talking about. Hey, James. Ooh, if I you, think I think he's going for the Tales of Suspense one. Oh, uh, and I was just should. and I was just about to say you was going to earn a free bottle of honey, and and now you don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm hey, not above bribery. Hey, Randy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I found this last night, and I said I had to bring it. Savage. Why? Why would you do this? Look, look, look at, at it. Look, look, look who, at it look close. Who Look who drew it. I want to see. No. Oh, wait a minute. And look what's on there. There's feet on this. (laughs) And hands. Life field. All right. So feet. Show me life field. Bonus. Savage Savage Hawkman number 11 by Rob Liefeld. And it has feet right there. And hands. There's a hand right there. (laughs) I'm not seeing any pouches. And there's no pouches. No pouches. (laughs) You know what? Maybe he inked it. Maybe somebody else actually illustrated it. You know what, though? It. It, this thing, uh, this kind of screams for an oversized gun, though. And 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 you know what? Well, look at the claws. His <laughs> yeah, it does have oversized claws, so there's at least that. But, but I, they're straight. I, they're not like doing that weird physics bend thing where, you know, they yeah. start straight and then they curve I in the middle. I need a ginormous gun. It looks like he's been practicing. And, and his head... Well, usually the head is so I small it fits not. in the body like 10 times. His muscles aren't oversized. You know, I'm going to go out and I'm going to say something pretty bold here. I don't hate this cover. I don't either. Yeah. I'm, I, I happened last night. I was looking for something for show and tell. 
And I just, those guys, those books were in bags and boils, but they weren't taped. So I started taping them, and I happened to discover that. And I said, I'm bringing that in here tonight to see what the guys say. And we've cracked on Liefeld for like about numerous times, telling him to draw some feet. Now, because when I saw it, I was like, damn, he drew some feet. You yeah, know what? That's, that's actually not a bad cover. It's not bad at that's all. That's not bad at all. You know what? I'm going to go out on a limb and say he didn't draw this. He inked it. Somebody else drew it, and he inked it. <laughs> In fact, yeah, I'll give I'll give credit with credit is due. I like that cover. In fact, one of you needs to crack that crack that bad boy open and check the cover credits. Now you know who knows what's inside, but that cover is good. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, well, he probably this, didn't do the cover. Yaki, well, Rob drew it and Yaki inked it. That's probably why it looked good. Some dude named Yaki um, <laughs> probably went through and fixed his feet in his hands. Yeah, Yaki doodle. <laughs> 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 oh, yucky doodle. And have yeah. we confirmed that I won the night, Madman? Yeah. Okay. He says, I love Iron Man. You traitor! Champion. So anyway, tonight's um, subject is horror in comics, because um, it is the Halloween episode. I'm going to kick it off because, um, as luck would have it, Joe Hill, son of Stephen King, hey, hey, hey. who actually wrote a really great horror series over at... I want to say IDW, don't sue me, guys, if I'm wrong, called Lock and Key. Um, I mentioned it last year. Did I let you borrow those trades? I remember talking about bringing them in for you. Uh, you talked about bringing them in. I don't think you did. All right, so mental note, bring in Tommy, Afterlife Pathology, bring Mad Men, Lock and Key. But he's now got a new publishing imprint over at DC, um, Hill House Comics, and I previously mentioned one of these, um, Basketful of Heads, number one, launched today. Um, but the other one's coming out, too. Um, next month is The Dollhouse Family on November 13th. I'm really looking forward to that one. Then he's got one called Lolo Woods coming in December 18th. Daphne Byrne coming on January 1st. And The Plunge coming on February 19th. Basketful of Heads and Dollhouse look awesome. The other ones, I don't haven't really seen anything for them. Um, Basketful of Heads is basically... Um, woman in this house finds a, a mystical axe that will take off someone's head, but it stays alive and keeps talking and uh, pestering him. So I guess when she kills somebody, she has to keep the head. And then Dollhouse Family is basically this little girl gets uh, in the dollhouse, starts playing with it, only to find out that the dolls inside it are alive. Mm. And then I guess she gets pulled into that world, very Twilight Zone-ish. So... But Basketball of Heads, number one, did drop today, guys. So go out to your shop and get that one. Yeah, that's what I want to check out. I can tell you, if they're all being written by Joe Hill, they're going to be awesome because yeah. Lock and Key was pretty good. So that's what I'm starting off with. I'm going to pass on to you guys. I'll, I'll pick Enos first. Go, Enos, go. As far as my, my favorite horror comics, I had, believe it or not, I was a big fan of Tomb of Dracula back in the day. Marv Wolfman. Marv Wolfman. They, I was introduced to Marv Wolfman and uh, or the late great Gene the Dean Colon. And this book introduced us to one of the, well, probably one of the most dynamic characters that's been around in a while, Blade, the vampire hunter. Mm -hmm. I also liked, um, believe it or not, since we, we cracked on it last, um, I think it was last week or the week before, I enjoyed Werewolf by Night. Um, it was it was it was different because it was like seeing a werewolf who was actually a good guy. Well, see, I don't have a problem with the series. It, I, the, yeah, the, it was a, it was a decent series. I mean, you know, I mean, it had to be. It la look how long it lasted. Right. I, I was just saying, who on earth was going to drop that kind of money on the first oh, appearance oh, no, of werewolf? Oh no, oh no, I agree. Right. I mean, so there's a big difference between being a good series and you know being worth you know serious amounts of money. And I got another character that I'm going to see if the other guy. I got two two other characters that I'm not going to bring up. 
that I'm going to see if you guys get them before I do. But these guys, uh, to me, uh, deserve their own TV shows. They're that damn good. And but but like I you mean horror them. comics that huh? horror yeah. comics that they're on TV is what yeah. you're saying. All yeah. right, yeah. So Tommy, what do you got? Uh, so the first one is one that I just recently wrapped up reading. Um, it was really good. It's from Archie Comics. Uh, Jughead: The Hunger. Versus oh my god, Va- you actually read versus that? Vampironica. Yeah, it was good. I, I enjoyed it. It's funny because I read Vampironica one and two, but I didn't get the rest of the series because the shop here quit getting them. And then I noticed they were doing Jughead: The Hunger versus Vampironica, uh, which, in case you guys don't know, since Afterlife with Archie did so good, they started launching other horror titles, which mm-hmm. is why we got Jughead the Hunger, because he's a zombie that kicks it all off. And he's then, a werewolf. Is always he a werewolf in he's that a one? werewolf. And then Vampironica, and then I noticed that they combined the two of them. So that is really good, huh? Yeah, it's really good. because they, they're, they're set in two separate you know, universes within the Archie multiverse, and they cross over. You know, Vampironica is, of course, a vampire, and Jughead is, of course, a werewolf, and the two cross paths. And they have to, you know, they 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 you know obligatory start fighting each other and then team up to defeat the other vampires and and issues and stuff. And it's really good. Here, and here's a funny thing about that too: when you look at the art for Afterlife with Archie, it is not the typical no. Archie artwork, not at all. But yet, Vampironica and Jughead the Hunger keep that classic Archie look, Archie look about it. Yeah, yeah. This was a this was an excellent series. I highly recommend it. The trade paperback should be coming out soon since the. Uh, since the whole series has been wrapped up, so you should definitely go and check that out. Absolutely. I'm glad you read that because I was wanting to pick that up, and I didn't know if it was worth the time. It is. It is. It's very good. I like a lot of the Archie crossovers. The the, the, the one where he uh, met Batman 66 was good. Um, I, I enjoyed that. This this was good. Um, I'm enjoying the uh, Betty and Veronica meet uh, Red Sonia and Vampirella. I was just about to say, that has been a really good that's book. Been, that's been excellent. <laughs> I, I haven't been reading the Archie main series, but a lot of the, a lot of the you know, mini-series that they've been putting out have been really good. And it's, and it's so funny because I just you hear that title, Red Sonia and Vampirella meet Betty and Veronica. Like, and and you're like, okay, I'm going to have to pick this up just for the sheer See, giggle factor. And then you read yeah. it and you go, shit, this is good. <laughs> yeah, I have, la- I have uh, issues four and five, which I believe are the last two issues I need to read. Yeah, I've got all four. But, I got all the the recent issues of it. Um, but yeah, Madman. I think when it's done, I'll let you borrow those because you guys, actually uh, like them. They were good. Did you guys read the uh, Archie crossover that they did with the Punisher? No, no, I haven't. I haven't read it. I know it exists, but I yep. haven't read it. I thought they did two of them too. Actually, didn't they? Yeah, yeah think... Marvel did one and Archie did one. Yeah. Gotcha. All right, hey Madman, you got any horror comics you want to recommend? Well, I've never really liked my horror in the comic form. Uh, I do have some horror comic books. I have some like some of those crappy ones from the seventies, like right. It's Midnight, The Witching Hour. And, well, know. I remember last year you gave um, Tommy and I two yeah. uh, copies of The Witching Hour because you somehow ended up with three of them. Yeah. Which, by the way, we're going to have to do a special show just for you because I will surely admit I went and listened to last year's Halloween episode to make sure I didn't repeat some titles. Oh, okay. And we outed your love for Archie Comics. So. Uh, oh, that was, that was coming out. <laughs> yeah, I think I referred to you as a subject matter expert when it comes to Archie. Archie? So we're going to have to do a special Archie show. Archie show. Nothing but Archie. cartoon back in the day, man. Right. So one that I have here, um, and I actually haven't read this myself, and now I think I'm going to have to go pick it up, um, by Image Comics is one called Red Lens by Jordi Belair and Vanessa R. Del Rey. Um, And apparently it takes place in like this little small town called Red Lens, Florida. And it's been overrun by witches, ghouls, and ghosts who are all running the town. But apparently the witches are actually the power players in, mm. in the town. So it says, okay, well, that sounds interesting. But apparently it's also 
gruesome. It's got a lot of body horror in it and some slasher horror. And they said it's not for the weak will to read oh. this. I'm thinking, wow, image, uh, way to go there. So I'm going to have to probably pick that up um, just because, you know, you don't see many horror comics that are willing to go to the extreme now. Right. Also, yeah. and I'm going to have to mention this because we mentioned it last year, but since it's now been picked up for a TV show, I think we should bring it up again. Gideon Falls by Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino. So that's the one we were talking about it too. This pastor goes to this small little town to replace a pastor that disappeared only right. to discover that he's actually still there. And there's mysterious um, black barn that shows up occasionally from nowhere. And whenever it does, like, you know, death happens in a town and it falls to you know, to hell and what have you. So, but yeah, I'm really curious to see if the TV series actually comes out. So, because it would be very, and they, they even said this in the article I read, it does have a very Twin Peaks feel about it in the comic. So I could actually see that being really good as a show. So, mm, I don't know. Twin Peaks feel? Well, as long as they don't have, have, have a crazy theme song to it, be all right. Well, you got to have a crazy bam, theme song. Bam, and we don't bam, start bam. off with the death of some chick we don't yeah, know. Yeah, tell me about <laughs> it. Laura, who killed Laura? All right, Eden, what do you got? Well, one of my favorite horror comics, I'm, I'm, I never looked at it really as horror. I looked at it some more in the realm of supernatural. Um, Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing. <laughs> P-H-A-N-G. We I, we, I was confused at first. But <laughs> I, I know who you're talking about. Um, I was a big fan of the character uh, doing Lynn Ween and Bernie Wrightson's run. May they both rest in peace. But like uh, for some reason, I just couldn't get into the Alan Moore run. You didn't love the anatomy lesson? Uh, well, we'll see. I never, I never read well, it, but when it, when it came like most out, I was in the service. So... I only got bits and pieces because I know there was a lot. There was there was a few of the Swamp Thing books that were crisis tie-ins. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I read a few of those, but I kind of like got away from it. I started liking it. Then when I joined Enlisted, I missed out on like about six months or better of it. So I stopped collecting. So I'll take that back. It's not that I didn't like it. I just... Didn't read it enough so I could really stick with it like I did with everything else. Yeah, and I'm betting an Alan Moore ongoing Swamp Thing, you had to read it every month. Oh, yeah. 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 I lost could, quick. I can tell you, they put it in trade paperback, and I wasn't reading that title at the time, oh. um, but the Anatomy Lesson was a game changer for oh, yeah. Swamp Thing, and it's a great story, and it's one of those moments where you audibly gasp and going, whoa, he didn't. Now, if I'm not mistaken, isn't that the one where he finds out that Holland is, is dead. actually dead? Yeah, and that he, he is, is a sentient plant with Holland's memories. And that he right. goes, there is no coming back. Holland's not alive. Right. So, good stuff. Yep, absolutely good. Thomas, what else you got? Well, we can't really talk about horror comics without going back in the day to EC Comics' Tales from the Crypt. Oh, yeah. Yep. And you know what? Got to talk about that. I have them on my list here. Here's the th really, Go ahead. So it went. It ran for 27 issues from 50 to 55. Uh, it actually started as Tales from the Crypt with 20, having been various other comics, notably the Crypt of Terror, Crime Patrol, International Crime Patrol, and International Comics before that. Um, Crime Patrol 15 is the issue that actually gave us the uh, the Crypt Keeper. You know that would be so famous in in all the Hello, books. Hello, kitties. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so famous in the uh, in the books as well as the uh, the, the TV show, which was fantastic. I love the Tales of the Crypt TV series. Um, I haven't really read any of these because, well, they're not cheap. 
you got that right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so, all the AC books are crazy expensive. Yeah, the, these are these are you know you know pretty hard to come by and everything. But yeah, I mean they they this was the uh, these were comics that helped establish the comics code because of their of their violence and and their you know manipulation of the youngsters. Yeah. So Frederick Wortham, the gift that keeps on giving. Yes, indeed. Right. Well, and here's Clown. the thing about it too. Uh, they had at least three huge titles: Tales from the Crypt, Vault of Horror, Haunt of Fear. Haunt of Fear, yeah. And they only ran five years, but they got so popular that everybody started doing horror because you know, hey, this, this stuff. Yeah, is it brought in the it brought in the horror genre. Right, but what's really great is um, if you uh, if you go back and read them, a lot of their stories, um, while it was horror based, always dealt um, from the angle of someone had done an atrocious act. And the horror came from the acts of revenge or their life on apart after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a lot, a lot of talented, talented people that worked for EC, like Wally Wood and, and Al Feinstein and Harry Housen and, and Harvey Kurtzman and Jack Davis and Joe Orlando. And, and Joe Orlando was the one that threw me. Um, and they did say that it's probably influenced TV shows like, which is why we got the Twilight Zone. Right. It probably influenced writers like, you know, and artists like Stephen King or, or Steven Spielberg. Definitely, definitely John Carpenter. Oh, I yeah. think John Carpenter even straight up said that he read EC Comics growing up. And you know there was another title with EC that wound up becoming a major motion picture. Um, it's I can't remember which creep one. Creep show. Creep show, right? Yes. Creep show, baby, baby, on the dance floor, just a creep show. And, and Tommy did touch on this. EC also was a comic that introduced the concept of having the the guest that introduced the stories and uh, the stories, and they all had a different one. Yeah, you had the crypt keeper. You had the, the crypt keeper. Uh, you had the old the witch. witch. Um. And then you had the vault keeper. Vault keeper, keeper. Yeah. So, but yeah, that I was wondering. I was wondering if anyone was going to mention that because I had him on here as the granddaddy that we had to talk about if we didn't mention the rest of them. Because yeah, Tales from the Crypt and those EC books. I mean, they're like the pinnacle of, of horror horror comics. film horror comics. Right. Yeah, and you know, like I said, you know, it, a, a TV show was anthology TV show for several years was produced on HBO based on it. So, yep. excellent show too. Another one we have here, and we have to mention this because. These were great. Um, I loved these um, when I was a teenager. The Warren Publishing oh, magazines, yeah. like Creepy, Creepy and Eerie. Eerie. Um, Vampirilla, let's be honest, Vampirilla is a great character. It's a great book. It's not a horror comic. Yeah. And they also had their other books like Rook in 1994, which is also good. But Creepy and Eerie were fantastic. In fact, they were so popular that even companies like Marvel started getting into the game started doing the black and white um, magazine comic because they, they were selling that good. And they're like, well, we need to see what else we can, you know, we need to jump on it. Because you know Marvel, House of Ideas, but you ever notice how much of their ideas are jumping on after someone started it? Yeah. Yep. Um, but the same thing, too. They did a little tongue-in-cheek humor with their horror as well. And, and the same thing. They also had a lot of big creators there. Um, Wally Wood again, Alex Toth, um, John Severin, Dan Adkins, Neil Adams. Yeah, I didn't know Neil Adams had done work for them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the thing that was really great, Steve Ditko, Frank Frazetta, of course, Frank Frazetta, I think he did a ton of covers for them. But what was really great about those is because they were black and white, it really let the artist play around with shading and, and shadows and, and putting things in the background. Like, is that really a figure there seeing the murder or is that just, you know, the way he's playing the light? Well, I think black and white uh, just is, is better when it comes to horror. Right. Yeah, uh, I would. I would agree. I would agree. 
Yeah. The, it's like you said, the shading and everything like that. You can do a lot more with it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why my mind went here, but I'm thinking of um, the movie with John Cusack where him and a nerdy brother, and he shows up. Um, Anthony Michael Hall shows up at the house with the drunk chick in the car, and he wants to take the picture. They got the camera out there. 16 candles. 16 candles. What and is horror over, about 16 candles? But Because this is they're about to take the picture, and he goes, this would look so much better in black and white. Like, oh, yeah. And he's uh-huh. kind of like, would you just take the picture? <laughs> All right, long duck dong. Because Mad Men said things play so much better in black and white, and I just remember that scene where they want to take the picture in black and white. You got any other horror comics while I digress? I no, I I, I had Tuma Dracula on my list, and you know Enos Enos covered it. Madman, you got any horror comics that you think? Uh, Enos, you got anything? Yeah, I got two. Well, give me, well, give me. Two oh, these are two you said you was waiting to see if right. we would. You guys never said them. Oh, the Phantom Stranger and Dead Man. Oh, wow. Man. See, I, I don't used know to that. Love. I, see, I wouldn't call Phantom Stranger right. horror. It's more like a supernatural. But these are two characters who need a television show, especially Dead Man. Dead, Dead Man, Man would rock. That would that would be so hilarious just to see. And like they got to have Michael Rosenbaum do his voice because he did it on the uh, Brave and the Bold. And, well, um, or was it Justice League? He did. Um, what episode was uh, Dead Man on that uh, Michael Rosenbaum did his voice? I think it was Justice League. I just love him, especially in the Batman issues when he shows up and Batman knows, he's, knows there. he's like there. Boston, like, what? Boston, what are you doing? Right, or he refers to him as Brand. Oh, Brand, Brand, what are you doing? And like, hey, Bats, I'm just here to come <laughs> let you know there's some stuff going on. I mean. The, the way that was written was great, but I mean, like, just to, and like, Phantom Stranger goes without saying because you were just talking about the anthology and have someone introducing who better than the Phantom Stranger to just come right out. And like, you see him in his cloak and have his head, you don't see his eyes, and he's introducing something and he'll just show up or what have you. And there was an episode of Batman the Brave and the Bold where Kevin Conroy actually did his voice. Yeah, I and actually I'm going to um, refute you on this. You said you'd like to see Michael Rosenbaum do the voice of Dead Man. I'd much rather see it be a live action, not animated. Oh yeah, live action. That's what I'm saying. Live action, and then like or have him playing. You know, he he looks cool with a bald head. So, my- <laughs> yeah, he could. Do, I think he's tired of shaving his head though. I wouldn't mind seeing. Um, speaking of horror themed shows you know with dc universe i'd like to see them you know bring back constantine i would that would be great because i thought that was a great you uh, know what you see horror her themed tv show and i think uh, i think a you know a horror themed zatanna tv show would be great absolutely zatanna or dr fate or something dr yeah. fate yeah. just as yeah. great just as dark not necessarily horror but something with that definite supernatural flavor to it. right yeah. well if you do if you do um the demon uh, what well, i was gonna say if you do um dead men you can open a door for a demon or Constantine mm-hmm. and things of that nature because have them be interacting with dead men. Absolutely. Like every once in a while, dead men takes over a body, have one of them showing up and like, exactly. Brand, you know you shouldn't be in this body. You're asking for more trouble than it's worth with this one. I'd so. say Blue Devil, but that would probably be more of a comedy. So. Right. Yeah. yeah, it would be a comedy. But like you could have like a raven 
story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Trigon from Teen Titans, Trigon, and yep. absolutely. But, man, how cool would it be? Well, they're going to gonna like... have to go that way with the with the Teen Titans TV show at some point. Right. I, I think probably the next season, actually. Yeah, they're going to have Because I would like to see, because um, it would be pretty cool to see a live-action version of Demon. You see Jason Blood, and he'll say the incantation, yeah. gone, 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 the form, form of, of man, man rise the, the demon, demon Etrigan. Etrigan. I love it. <laughs> I love it. One of my favorite issues of the demon was the all musical issue. Did you, <laughs> did you ever read that one? John Byrne did that, didn't he? I, I think I don't remember. It was uh, the relaunch demon, where it even told you and uh, all the uh, the passages, you know, sung to the tune of, and you right. actually found yourself singing the, right. the demon storyline. There was an episode. He of, did it before Buffy did. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And there was an episode of uh, Batman the animated series where the demon appeared, called the Demon Within. Do you know who did his voice? No. Billy Zane. Billy, oh, I love yeah. me some Billy Zane. Is that the same Brave and the Bold where uh, Hunter's Cat won and Black Canary sing the Birds of Prey? Uh, no. Okay. This, this, um, um, I love actually, that clip. <laughs> actually, The Demon Within was part of the final season of Batman the animated series where they streamlined him to look more, a little bit more buff, um, and they introduced um, Tim Drake. They, they did a composite character of, of Tim Drake and um, Jason Todd. Okay. As Robin. And um, this particular episode had Billy Zane, um, had uh, Jason Blood showing up to take on um, um, Clarion, the witch boy. And, okay. And he had a little cat made, he made, and he took over the demon, and you saw Jason Blood get old and get decrepit and all that good kind of I, stuff. I need to actually watch those. You know, I have not watched hardly any of the Batman animated series, and there were so many great things that came yep. out of that show. All right, so we about done for the week. Um, want to tell everybody out there the three magic words of the internet. Like, share, and subscribe, please. So send, tell all your friends about it. Tell them to listen to them. Watch our uh, YouTube broadcast. You can always reach us facebook.com slash lost in a long box we do have an email lost in a long box at gmail.com don't remember forget to give me money give me money patreon.com slash lost in a long box madman has got our sister show shock monkey radio every tuesday from 6 to 7 p.m on fxbg public radio and our friend kevin and troy do comics online podcast every monday from 9 30 to 10 30 and we got our sister facebook groups that enos runs and admins and batman yesterday today and forever the realm of superheroes comics and pop culture and gather together the greatest superhero teams i'm your host randall i got my partners in crime enos thomas madman and before we sign off there's one thing i would like to say a very special happy birthday to tom king who turned 51 yesterday yes happy birthday tom king you go ahead you just keep busting my chops <laughs> yeah, he I turned 51 yesterday. exactly <laughs> so until next time we're going to be down here wondering you know what's the one piece of furniture you'd ever seen in the baxter building a silver sofa. Oh. Oh, wow. <laughs> 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 All right.